So welcome to this episode of Thrive, your agency resource. Today, I am actually here with Robina Benyon, a relationship coach for the soul, the self, and money. And we are going to have an amazingly interesting conversation. Robina, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Kelly. I am so excited to be here today. So today we're talking about uh, what, what we've determined we're calling the sustainable money mindset. And I'm kind of curious to know what that really means to you and then how that sort of unfolded or manifested in your own life, um, bringing you to the career path that you've taken up to this point. Sure. So to me, a sustainable money mindset would be making choices with my money that I can maintain long-term. Often uh, the choices can be based on emotions or things that are happening unconsciously. And so I'm trying to be mindful of those choices and ensure that they're not coming from fear. And I'm doing something that I feel like will benefit me in the short term. But really, if I look at it down the road a couple of months, it really does not help me or my business. And for me personally, where like that's come from or where I feel like I've implemented that in my life is uh, when I left my career of public, in public accounting, I'm a CPA and I practiced for 23 years. I had, I had gotten to a pretty high level in my career. So I was making a decent amount of money when I decided to transition out of that. And that required me to make some big choices about my finances and how was I going to structure things differently so that I could sustain my business in the long run. I'm curious to know, did you, so it sounds like you were really successful with the CPA business. Mm -hmm. Did you choose to leave that because it just wasn't kind of feeding your soul anymore? It wasn't making you happy or what was the reason for that pivot? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I started working with a coach and I started answering questions that really I, I didn't even ponder, which was, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Uh, I knew. <laughs> oh, I can relate. <laughs> you know, because it was just like I decided at 15 I was going to be a CPA and that's what I did. And I just kept going forward and going on that path and doing yeah. everything that you're supposed to do within that career, at least I believed. And you know, I decided that when I was 15, I've changed a lot since then. <laughs> and just, I got to a I'm point in my laughing. career. I'm just laughing because I, it's literally, we have the same exact track. I was like, I'm going to be a graphic designer. I was 15 years old and I was like, that's it. Yeah. God yeah. laughs at our plans, I guess. Yes. But you know, I mean, it provided me a wonderful life, but I got to a point where I just, I wasn't happy. My career had kind of taken over. Whereas the majority of my career, I, I made it a part of my life and then it became my life. So I was really unhappy with just who I was in general and going down that path and asking the question of what I wanted. I realized, you know what, there's so much more that I feel like I could be contributing to the world mm -hmm. than just doing tax returns. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we're definitely aligned. I think that this is such a resonant conversation for so many people who are listening um, who are maybe owning creative or technology or media agencies um, or, or other organizations. And I would bet a good number of the people listening are kind of nodding their head like, huh, I've thought about that, but I've taken that thought and I've like really pushed it down because I don't want to look at that. You know, change, mm -hmm. is, change is hard. It is. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. And I, I won't say that it was an easy process for me. No. It took me a long time to even decide to leave my career. I mean, 23 years is a, a big investment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's almost basically your entire adult life, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that I kind of picked up on from your website, uh, which really, really struck me, was woven into goals, dreams, and fears, there's always this underlying element of money. So the question there is, why is the conversation around money so difficult? I mean, it, it's difficult for maybe not every person, but it's difficult for a lot of people. And specifically here, we're talking about creative leaders um, mm -hmm. in whatever context you want to define that. But why is that conversation so hard? I think I can only speak for me personally. And I think part of it is that, again, there's these emotions that we don't even know that we have. You know, there's beliefs and behaviors that we pick up early on, and then we kind of mimic them in our life and, and how we view money. And money isn't talked about. You know, we talk about our relationships, we talk about our children, but we don't talk about money. And, and everybody has their own emotions woven into that. Even how they set their goals and how they structure their business, like you're saying for creative people, I find when I work with creative people, it's, you know, some people, they wanted to go in the creative direction, but people would say, well, you, you can't make money at that. And there's this real love hate relationship with money and how it shows up in their business. Mm. And so I think there is this perception that when it comes to money, if you're not handling your money right, you're doing something wrong or people are just real private about it. Like there's something to be ashamed of. And even for myself as a CPA, everyone would think, oh, you must have it all dialed in. You, you balance your books every month and you're doing all of this. And so quietly I was thinking, man, I must be doing something wrong because I had great spreadsheets, but my, my, goal, my goals and my results they didn't always line up. And that was the piece like I felt like I was missing is like, why are my goals and my results not lining up? And there was something happening at an underlying emotional level that was mm. into all of that that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. So I know um, sort of talking specifically about that, a lot of the work that you do with clients is helping them to create a guide to transform their relationship with money. So what does that often look like when you're working with someone? Yes. So it's different for every client because every person is different. Their history is different and where they are currently is different. But um, I will take an example of one of the clients that I worked with. When she came to me, she just, you know, she wanted help getting her finances kind of back in order. You know, she had accumulated a little bit of debt and she tends to want to be debt free and um, just wanted to help realign. But under that was the same conversation that you and I were having is she wasn't really happy in her career and yeah. she wanted to make a transition in her career. It's all interwoven because people are afraid to leave their jobs because of money or they're not able to step up higher in their career or transition into a job that they really are qualified for, but they don't believe that they are. Hmm. So it, we started having conversations around all of that and what her end goal was but it all started with going back to, well, let's talk about your childhood and your life and events and look at what's happened. And through that, talk through how those events have impacted the way that you're showing up today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in that, um, when we first started talking, she didn't have, um, she didn't really share finances with her husband. They didn't talk about it. They maintained everything separately. 
So looking at even where did that come from in her childhood, why is she in, you know, approaching her relationship with her husband that way around money? We just started uncovering all of that. And because we do that, I'm able to work with her then when we get further down to create a guide for her Mm -hmm. so that when something happens that can kind of rock the boat and get a little bit uncomfortable, it doesn't throw, it didn't throw her completely off track. In fact, as we, we worked together for quite a while and towards the end, um, her husband got laid off from his job before Mm -hmm. all of this happened. So it allowed her to have a conversation with him even before then. They had started having conversation about money. They started putting things together jointly because she was able to identify where some of those fears were coming from. And they weren't, they weren't resting in him. They were resting in her. And then coming together, working on their finances so that when they hit this rough patch, they were able to actually navigate it together. And she was able to do it with, Um, a lot less fear and a lot more comfort, but that's also in creating tools that were comfortable for her because what works for me as a tool may not work for somebody else. And we have to take all of that into consideration or else they're, you know, otherwise I'm setting them up for failure. Right. Right. Yeah. It it is about the holistic view. I know that we, we share a really, really similar approach and philosophy about that, how, you know, we can't look at these different things um, in our lives, whether it's money or relationship or our, our businesses or whatever, we can't look at them as silos, right? Like interwoven is a good, is a good word, um, integration. But I think, I guess just in our society, it's kind of like the, the things that are private and um, more emotional are over here in one bucket. And then who we show up at, who we show up as at work and you know how the perception that we convey to the external world has to be different, right? Right. And I, I think that you know part of the the world that we're living in now is that there is essentially a collapse of that happening in a really positive way, that we can sort of let these guards down and start to really integrate these two um, almost like different aspects of ourself that we've created in terms of the the differentiation, but now they're coming back together and. I think it just makes for stronger relationships, um, like you say, with yourself and with money and with everyone else in your life. And um, yeah, so it, it's really good. Um, yeah. What I wanted I mean, to... Th- I was going to just touch on that a little bit. And I agree. The one thing that I've been thinking about with everything that is going on is there's not one person who isn't impacted. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, a couple, you know, these last few years, um, I'm out in California and we've had a lot of fires, but those fires impact a community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while I may sympathize with where they are, I haven't been through it. So I don't, you know, necessarily know what it's like to lose your home. Whereas this, it's like, we are collectively going through this. Mm-hmm. So it really opens the door to have a conversation with anybody. Like, how are you doing? How are you navigating this? How are you, how's your business? Like, I have business owners saying, hey, can we talk this week? I'd love to know how other people are, you know, handling this, what's happening in business. And so I, I don't, for me personally, I, I'm enjoying that aspect of this. I can't mm-hmm. say that I'm enjoying everything, but at least that aspect, right. um, it makes my heart shine a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, having the same experience. Um, so kind of to 
to bring it back a little bit to money and maybe business development, um, having a business development strategy in order to increase our income and, and revenue at our companies um, and to really develop that sustainable money mindset that business development strategy is necessary. We can all agree on that. Some yeah. organizations don't have one. That's why they hire coaches and consultants and you know things like that. But having the strategy is not enough, right? So if an organizational leader, someone who's sort of sitting at the top of an organization has their own inherent self-worth or self-value issues, then any implementation of that strategy is really not going to be um, executed in the way that is going to set that organization up for success. So I, I want to talk a little bit about that because I think that's something that for whatever reason we just have avoided. I don't know if it's just in, a, in the United States or if it's globally, but we, we avoid this conversation and I really, really want to talk about it. Yeah, I agree with you that it, Part of what I do is working with businesses. And when we have, we have these plans in place, but we're not taking into account the emotional aspect of it, we're not looking at the whole picture and how it impacts the business. So what I do with business owners even is like, we break it down into compartments and it's, you know, maybe you have your marketing piece and your sales piece, um, you have your administrative piece, you have your vision piece, and really how are you showing up in each of them? Because by looking at each of those components, you can see where maybe you're showing up the strongest and in other areas where you're not. And with that awareness, then you can bring in somebody else from your team, or if you need to, somebody from the outside and put them in place if they have, they're stronger in um, maybe in sales, for example, mm -hmm. you know, for creative people. I feel like for me, when I move into my creative space, it's a little bit more challenging for me to move into that marketing piece of it because my mind doesn't, you know, I just don't feel as comfortable. So then it's, I might draw back from that, but having that awareness and knowing that I, whatever's happening in me personally is keeping me from pushing into that in the same way that I would another area of my business allows me to go out and get help from other people. But I think also in that is just having an understanding, like I'm just human and it's natural and that's going to happen in our business. Right. But in order to move it forward, we have to also be willing to ask for help. Right. Right. Um, and one of the things that we chatted about a little bit earlier um, was this phrase that you've kind of coined, like worthy is the new wealthy. And right. I'm definitely stealing that. Um, but I think it's great because I do think that this is where the conversation is going. I think we're going to be able to, and we already are starting to see more emotional dialogue, even in the context of business. And as, as we start to open up to other people, it gives us the permission to start opening up to ourselves. And if we realize that we have, you know, some issues around our relationship to money, and we realize that that's rooted in self-worth and we start to like really dig up all what's going on underneath the surface. If we can bring that up and start to really work through that, it really, I love worthy is the new wealthy, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it, it says it all. So uh, well done on that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think it also helps when we start looking at that and, and, I think identifying what it is that we're working against, but also understanding like this is 
something that came with us and, and we are truly worthy, you know, and each person is, but it helps also to shift from that. Like, why is this happening to me to like, how can I take this and turn it into something different? Like it changes the questions that we're asking. And I feel like when I just sit and say, well, why, why is this happening? Or why did that person do that? I'm almost just stagnant and dead in the water. I'm not making any forward motion. Yeah, it's in, avoidant. In my business, right. And so, but when I can move into like, okay, well, that happened. You know, like I'm, I'm working with a company and they're having to make some changes. And so I'm going to be one of those changes. And I could either be upset and say, well, why is this happening? Or I can just say, okay, well, how can I do something different in my business? Or how can I take this and transform it into something new you know that's the other thing that i'm looking at is like what new can i create in my business from this right right so as we are starting to wrap up a little bit here um how might you suggest that creative leaders start to uh, take what we're talking about today and sort of train for the marathon right like this is a long-term play um this is about change it's about real change um very deep rooted like introspective change that's going to then extend itself to our relationship with money, how we run our businesses, all of that. Um, how do we set people up for success for that long-term play? I would think looking at it just from, like you're saying, like from a marathon perspective is we have the tools. Each person has those tools within them. They were running their business before we got to this point. Obviously things are a little bit different in each person. It's different, but for me personally, I went back to this plan that I created when things weren't kind of going sideways. So I always had something to go back to. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of doing marathon training. It's like I train, I know what I need to do. I have the skills to do it. It's just like, don't be thinking about, I want to get to the end faster. I want to make sure that I get to the end. So it's like creating the plan. Uh, I think being taking your time. Don't rush into stuff. It's like, I, I think of if you're in a storm, for example, and your boat is tossed around or your ship's tossed around, you don't just start setting sail in whatever direction you stop when that, when the waters calm, it's kind of like you get your bearing, you stop, you figure out what direction that you're going to want to go and then start, you know, charting the course to get there. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that's really important that as we come out of this and as every phase and whatever wave comes towards us, is even for myself personally is taking that moment to just get my bearing each time something happens so that I'm not making an emotional response. And I think I, another thing that I have found to be really important is having people that you can reach out to and connect yeah. with. If I share with people in advance, like, Hey, I, you know, this is kind of my plan. If things go awry, can you be there for me? then we're supporting each other through that. And it's kind of like what I do is when, when I'm on a call with somebody and I can tell that everything is wrapped in emotion and they're not coming from that thinking part of their brain, yeah. it's, you know, it's allows me to help guide them back on course so that they're making choices from that thinking part versus from an emotional response. Right, right. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, Urbina, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, really, really excited to have you on and really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it too. Thank you. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo 
at thrive.workamajig.com.